0: Front Porch Radio presents Circle Unbroken with Taft Ayers.
1: I was standing by my window On one cold and cloudy day When I saw that hers come rolling For to carry my mother
2: Welcome in to another episode of Circle Unbroken. This is episode number 9,208 psych. This is Taft We don't keep count over here at Circle Unbroken. The same way we don't keep count with how many of you there are, because all we care about is the one that's listening right now. Whoever you are, wherever you are. Sometimes I imagine you guys out there driving in your SUV. Or maybe driving in your old beat-up car that you just had enough money to get and you're making it and you found out that there was this show called Circle Unbroken and you're tuned in. also picture other people that are maybe in a cubicle or an office and you've got your computer up right now and you are pretending to work. I want to let you know that I respect your hustle wherever you are and whatever you're doing. As we've said over and over again, I'm your host Taft Ayers, and I am joined in by the producer, Coach Mike. Hey, it sounds like you you stop
0: preaching, start meddling when you're pretending. You'd say yes. something about pretending to work. People, huh?
2: people <laughs> that are pretending to work, Coach, they're out there and they're they know what's coming up next. They know their next break. They know what's around the corner, and they're like, if I can stay busy for one more hour, and if we can help them with that. That's totally cool. We, we will be there for them. A man recently from a headquarters of a, a corporation here in town told me, he said, I listen to you guys when I'm mowing. And I said, how? And he said, man, through my AirPods, a, I listen to you headphones, when I'm mowing. man. Yeah. <laughs> but my mower's loud, Coach. I mean, my, yeah, but so are those so, so hairphones. Like that. That's right. We're we're in surround sound. So whoever's listening right now, I'm going to sound like your daddy growing up. Keep the straight lines, all right? We we don't want to see you messing up like that. We'll try not to throw you off course, Coach. Today's going to be a special episode for us because we are going to have somebody patched in who who's not here in studio. Uh, they're patching in from out in Arkansas. This is a good... Out in the wilderness. Out in the... I say out in Arkansas, and maybe you could picture it going, where is he now? You know, what What nice place is he out in Arkansas? What part of Arkansas is it? Is it the type out there where you look around for, you know, beautiful scenic views, or is it the type where you have just so many beautiful scenic views? Is he fishing? You know, what's he doing? Is he calling the hogs? You know, where, where is this guy in Arkansas? It's kind of a mystery for our listeners today. And, Coach, I want to tell you this before we welcome him in. This is a buddy of mine who I have been through probably almost every walk of life with, from our professional lives to our spiritual lives to premarital counseling, wedding. Um, he actually married a girl who's from here uh, you, you may know her family. We'll talk about that off the mic. Uh, but a really, really cool guy who has lived, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, who has lived real life. And, and he still likes you, and he's well. He's That's still, good. He still hangs good. out. He <laughs> hangs out. He keeps he keeps a distance uh from me. And and the reason that I'm having him in today is because we're going to talk about a certain subject that I am actually going. And I love, as you know, I love to go to different businesses, teams, schools, churches to speak on behalf of Kennedy Broadcasting. And I'm actually going to be with a church where he serves. God willing, coming up at the end of the month. And so as a part of these deals, when we go somewhere, I like to provide a podcast. Yes, so it can air here in Radio Land, but also it can be in a podcast format for the church to share beforehand and say, hey, if you didn't completely hate this guy— He's coming to speak. He's going to be at our church, and they can use it to influence the community. So with that whole long introduction of what we're doing today, I would like to welcome in my friend and brother, patched in through us here on the line, Joseph Noto. Welcome, sir.
3: Thank you. Thank you
2: for having me. Give me one word, Noto, give me one word to describe. Coach and I do this a lot, so watch this. Well, Okay, Noto, wait for this. Ready? Coach, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Noto, he hits me with that word almost every time. If he doesn't say fantastic, we have to take a break. And so, Noto, (laughs) give me a word to describe your current state, how you're doing today.
3: relaxed Ooh,
2: i even like the pause yeah <laughs> I, I like i like the pause and then he said relax so you're relaxed today are you just chilling what, what what are you doing right now
3: well right now i'm sitting in my office um i am not chilling i wish i was at the lake <laughs> or the river fishing sure uh, this would be a much more fun episode <laughs> but uh no i'm working uh busy busy day
2: Sure, and, but you're able to work while relaxing, so your mind's in the right place. That's right. For sure. Well, let, let's go back down through through memory lane. I'm excited to, to have this format today because, like I said, at the end of the month, we're going to be together. I'm excited about doing this with your church, this this special program. But before we get into all of that and the subject matter and maybe wax a little bit throughout the breaks here on the show today, talking about those things, I'd like to talk about just the background, first of all, about how you and I met. We met at a time in your life where you were searching, right? Yep. And let's talk about that for a little bit, if you don't mind.
3: Okay, so you want me to like... Yeah,
2: yeah, you tell us okay. where where you were mentally when we met and how God, man, God lined us up just in the right spot uh, for you. You were on a search in your life and we, we connected.
3: All right, so... Um... You know, this is, you know, everybody says like, oh, this is a long story. Let me give you the short version. (laughs) Sure. Uh, uh, This will be the medium version. I like that. uh, Of that story. So I was, I don't know, around uh, 18-ish. I graduated high school. And so I grew up going to this church in Memphis called Union Avenue Church of Christ. And, you know, my mom was the first person to go to church in our family. You know, her my dad got married when they were like eighteen. You know, they had me several years later, and you know when she was pregnant with me, she's like, "Hey, I want to." I don't know why my Holy Spirit thing. Who knows? But she wanted to raise her kid in the church. So, anyways, uh ended up going to church. I, I grew up going. She took me to all the VBSs. She taught kids classes and and. You know, by the time I got to like middle school, high school age, um, life was really tough. Um, had a lot going on. My my home life was difficult to say the least. Mm. Um, you know, just my my dad was an alcoholic and drug addict, and you you everybody's got their story of their childhood, um, but you know, for me, mine was a little tough. So. You know, with that comes a lot of struggles for a kid because kids, you know, they don't really know how to deal with a lot of that stuff. They don't know how to manage or cope or, and they find themselves searching for all sorts of stuff. Right. Well, things got real bad. And I don't know what I'm, I say, I don't know, but <sighs> now I know, but at the time I didn't know. I was searching for just something good. You know, when your life's full of junk and, it seems like nothing good is out there, um and you try like I tried everything you know I tried the parties I tried the I tried girls, I tried sports, I tried all sorts of things to find something good, and none of them were working out sure. and so I had friends that I'd grown up with that went to this church um that had moved to Cordova, Tennessee.
2: it had kind of moved like uh, it left the neighborhood and went yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it it transitioned, moved to a different part of town. Sure, um, and so I was like, man, I I just I missed those people. Like, I just remembered those relationships that I had as a kid, and I was like, I'm gonna go out and visit. Um, and but I but I hated church. Like, I hated the church product. Does that make sense? Total um, sense. Like going yeah, go, going to church and the like because I never felt like I belonged. Right. We've done
2: done some shows here about that concept, so Coach and I totally get that.
3: Yeah, like, I I just – nothing that the dude in the pulpit was talking about made sense. Mm. You know, I I remember, like, seventh, eighth grade year, like, doing the whole youth group thing. And, like, at the time, like, the youth minister was just – whatever. I don't want to say talk bad about people, but you know what I mean. They they were whatever. yeah. And so, but anyways, they rotated youth ministers like they had like three in the matter of one year. Mm, mm. And so it, it just nothing seemed right. But anyways, so I, I decided to go back, had nothing to do with church, but I knew the Church of Christ times, like all churches of Christ meet at the same time, pretty much. <laughs> and That's so great. I was like, I, I know when this ends. And so I would show up when it was over just to go eat lunch, you know, just to like, See them as they're walking out the door. Right, um, that's beautiful, and, and and so that's kind of how it started. And they're like, they're like, hey, we we got this new youth minister. It's this guy named Taft. He raps in boxes. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, and I don't know. That's just kind of how we we got introduced. Was from was that at that point?
2: Right. What was going on in your in your life at that point? From we meet, and you're you're older. Like you're older than a than a youth group kid, right? Yeah, yeah. And you you were you had just touched college, right?
3: Yeah. So I was. I don't remember exactly at what point, but I was in like my freshman year of college. I was going to a community college in Northwest Mississippi. Um, and man, I don't know what I'm allowed to say on this thing, but it.
2: Yeah, you're safe as long as we don't get sued. We're straight, buddy.
3: Yeah. I mean, it it just. <laughs> dunked like so home life was just awful like i I couldn't i just couldn't be there right and i felt awful about it because i have a younger brother who's you know nine years younger than me who i love to death and my mother is you know if, if they did if we if church of christ did the whole like saint thing Amen. She'd be one of them. Amen. Like she'd be,
2: I'm picturing her right now.
3: Yeah, like she'd, she'd have her whole, <laughs> she'd have her big stained glass window. Um, and, but it, it didn't matter. Like, I just couldn't be there. Sure. Um, and I was, you know, people throw this term out there all the time, but I, I don't know of a better way to describe it, but I was legitimately lost. Right, right. Um, you know, now I, I work in mental health, and so I could say it like I was depressed. I was lost I was confused I was angry um I, I didn't trust anybody um and so that was kind of the state that I was in but if I showed up you would have never guessed it right but correct. people are like I'm like oh hey man oh man I'm great things are good everything's great you know I'm I'm doing, and that's what people do when you meet for the first time in a while. Like you start telling them all the highlights.
2: And no telling how many times that said every Sunday, you know, across all churches.
3: Yeah. Like, let me tell you all the great things we we're better at, like social media didn't exist then. Mm. Um, but we do that with our social media or like, here, let me just give you a glimpse of all the incredible stuff of my life. Um, and that, that's kind of how conversations went was, Oh yeah, I'm good. And you put on that front, like, Oh yeah, I got it all together. But like inside, like I was a total mess. Like I was, and at 18, that's, that's tough because like you're, you're stuck in a school that you're paying money for trying to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life, trying to find how you're going to do it. And yeah, it was, it, it was a total God thing for all of that to play out the way that it did because it If I didn't end up there, and this is why I say it was a God thing, whatever it, itch that I had inside of me um, that sent me there, if that didn't happen, like there's literally no telling where I'd be.
2: It's there there's something to it because of where you are now helping people we'll we'll press fast forward i have watched you to our listening audience I want them to know this i have watched you influence lives in so many different ways and we tried to have a ministry concept back then that literally was Come as you are, and that's where we're going. We'll we'll go there later on in this show today, uh, with what applies to what we're going to speak on at your church. But we we tried to have this mentality of come as you are, and let's literally look at when God says, "Hey, in my body there's an arm, in my body there's a foot, in my body there's a neck." Like there's all these different body parts that make up one body. That's not just a good sermon illustration. We all just have different talents and abilities, and you came to us, and we met you, and it was, hey, this guy is an asset to our ministry, not what is this guy doing here. It was, hey, here comes somebody with a different skill set and and different gifts where he lives in the trenches. he He lives in real life. You didn't even know at the time that, like you said, you might have been operating from a place of depression or questioning or, hey, life is hard, that this place is a place where I can say life is hard and that doesn't make me disqualified, you know, uh, as mm-hmm. far as fitting in at the church. And what's cool, man, is you just started, you you connected, you started helping, and I'll never forget us talking, and it was like, you know what, I, I might, and I'm going to use air quotes here, because I think life is ministry, I think you and I would agree on that, but I remember the conversation when you said I might quote do ministry. Do you do you remember that?
3: I do. Um, I remember exactly where I was. We were in Mary Rigney's office. Um, yep. Bless her heart. Um,
2: nice church phrase. Bless her heart. God love right. her. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um,
3: so we're we're in Mary. So I like I said I was searching. Um, you know, I was in college, you know, I went to school to be a computer science major. And the only reason I did that was because, you know, it's in high school, they give you this list of how much people, how much money people make. Right. And, and you're like, I hate those there's, lists. A, there's a lot of zeros there. Let's do that. <laughs> um, and I loved video games. So it made right. perfect sense. Uh but then I realized you had to take like physics and all sorts of other things. And, Bump like, that. Four different Four, four different calculuses. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and so I really like, I had no clue. And that's what, I mean, you could spend a long time talking about this, but it's one of the hardest parts about being at that age in your life because everyone above you kind of puts this pressure on you to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And I was not ready to figure things out. Um, and so I was looking for like, all right, what am I going to do with my life? And I don't, Remember at what point this that conversation in Mary's office happened, but I do know that I had this desire to teach mm-hmm. um, and you know I was trying to think, all right do I want to teach math or do I want to teach science um, and, and I couldn't figure it out and so I was like I was sitting there you know hanging out with you so much and being a part of the youth ministry and I was terrible at teaching, but I liked it. And I wanted to do that. And I was like, well, it just clicked. Like, what better subject to teach than teaching people about Christ? Right. Um, and I thought, and I thought in my head, I was like, I know so many people like me who are just struggling and lost, and you know, kind of saw the product or the the corporate aspect of church, and it's like, no, that's not that's not me. And one of the things that that ministry early on taught me is who the real Jesus is. Mm. Mm. Um, And I, and I know they're like, well, there's only one Jesus. And I'm I'm not talking about like Jesus at the Mexican restaurant. (laughs) I'm saying like, like there is a real Jesus, but in our culture and our society, like these images that get propped up a lot of times just aren't authentic. Right. Um, And, and I was, I fell in love with that. And I just couldn't help but want to do that for other people.
2: It was, it was a blessing for me to watch it. And as we go to break here, we're fixing to head in to get our bills paid with some commercials here. But as we go into break, when we come back, Noto, one of the things that I want to talk about is you worked in the church and then we transitioned into mental health and and there's a lot going on with the average person who is either a at church or b thinking about going to church and we want to step into the concept of what you and I learned and what we really believe in the fact that there is a seat for everybody that there is a position for people and it's supposed to be a welcoming message to bring our junk to bring our baggage here and i think you're just a great working example of that, which is why I'm glad there's people like you that are still serving at churches. So folks, we're going to go into the break here. Stay with us. We'll come back on Circle Unbroken with our special guest, Joseph Noto. Tonino Baliardo returns to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at T-Pack Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through Toninobaliardo.com. a Loud and Live production. Is this the year to get a John Deere compact tractor from Trigreen? Well, you know they're tried and true machines that are built to last. Now's the time to get a compact tractor with 0% for 84 month financing with no money down. When you get a 3025E with a loader for $280 a month, that's a price that just won't last long. We also have a 1025R tractor starting at $231 per month or choose $1,500 cash discount. Either one can make your year. Visit TrigreenEquipment.com to learn more.
4: Offerings July 31, 2023. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details.
2: Hi, I'm Columbia Kiwanis Club member Suzanne Ganser. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to put on a fall fest with a chili cook-off downtown Saturday, September 30th from 3 to 7. Come enjoy the music, taste the chili, or enter the cook-off. Proceeds raised by the Kiwanis go to local kids' charities. For more information or to enter the cook-off, go to the Columbia Kiwanis Facebook page. Come to enjoy the food, kids' zone, and music
0: at this family-friendly event. We hope to see you there.
2: We are back here on Circle Unbroken. I'm your host, Taft Ayers, and I got my man, Open Mike, with me. What's going on, bud? Oh, not a whole lot.
0: Just uh, <laughs> sitting here and listening to a great conversation.
2: I saw your face earlier when our special guest said, "Yeah, I went to this church and um, I met this youth minister and people said that he could box and he could rap. When he, when he said that coach, it made me realize that our circle and broken audience doesn't know yet about my freestyling abilities. One day, coach, what we'll do is we'll just drop a beat and you'll give me words and I can rap about any of those. Wow. And it don't, oh, it is, don't get me wrong, coach. It's fortunes of a misspent youth. <laughs> um, it's it is a way that I did it, and uh, Noto mentioning that today really took me back, and it's uh, it's fun stuff. I want to welcome in our special guest, Brother Joseph Noto. Welcome back, buddy. Thank you. Let's let's pick up where we left off before the break. Um, we were talking about how we met you, how you came to to the church at the right time. And, and what I really want to talk about is the, the reason that we have you on today is coming up on August the 27th. I'll be at your church uh, there in Arkansas, and we'll be doing a special day where we are talking about that the concept of the day is called The Table, and it comes from Luke 14 about the fact that anytime we come together, we are people meeting together at a table, meeting at a table, and that there are people that are invited from the community, that they have a seat at that table. And, and Noto, I think you came in and you found a seat. Uh, You came in, found a seat. That makes me laugh, Noto, when I think about our past. I remember you telling me one time uh, a whole other subject for a whole other show, all I need is a chip and a seat. You remember telling me that one time? Yeah. (laughs) That's different, isn't it? (laughs) But as we talk about this, all you needed was a place. All you needed was a a place at the table. And I want to jump in here for you to educate us a little bit about what you're doing now when it comes to the mental health realm, because you've had a a great career in in professional ministry. But now in the mental health realm, you felt a need uh, to go and to get a, a couple of master's degrees from a local university there so that you could jump into helping people professionally. Could could you talk about that, about that a little bit right now, the way that A, you do that and then B, how it connects to all things spiritual when it comes to the church, when it comes to spiritual life, et cetera.
3: Yeah. Well, I'd love to tell you that I was smart enough to figure all this out beforehand, <laughs> um, but I'm not, you know, I, it, again, I just. I don't want this to sound cliche, but it, it really was like a, just a Holy Spirit driven process. Right. Right. Um, you know, when I was a kid going through all that I'd gone through, like most kids who go through, they call it, you know, there's this little thing they can give you. It's called an ACE, it's called adverse childhood events. Mm-hmm. And the higher you score on it, the more likely you are to have experienced trauma or, you know, adverse events in a childhood and those affect you, um, throughout the rest of your life. And most kids, when I say kids, you know, people who are essentially 18 and younger, you know, maybe even 20 and younger who grow up experiencing these things that are found on this test or this stuff, like whatever it could be. And it's a broad spectrum of things. It it does something to you. Um, and it's not like, you know, trying to get, it's not like you're, you know, a kid at school and someone says a mean thing to you. Like these things affect you internally. And and I always resort back to this idea of safe and secure. Right. And because that's what every child is born needing is that's why when you, when you go into the hospital and a baby's born, the first thing they do is hand that baby to the mother To say, hold this baby. And it's not like, all right, our hands are full. We need you to hold her for a little bit. Hmm. Like, there's a reason because they have to build that connection and attachment. And that starts at the very beginning. And I believe through just my studies, you know, with ministry and my spiritual walk and professionally and just the mental health world, is that all of us are created to seek attachments, that we need to attach to someone. And that is where like the roots of the tree begin is if we don't have a secure attachment to somebody, then we're, we're just like any other tree that gets blown over. You know, we all did the VBS song, the wise man builds his house upon the rock, <laughs> the foolish man builds his house Upon sand, you know, it's taken from the parable, uh, or the story that Jesus told on the Sermon on the Mount. Like that's true. And when you look at scripture and you see like, That we, you start in Genesis and you work your way through. I firmly believe that the Bible is not a rule book. It's not a road map. It's not a GPS. Like, it's a love story. It's a love letter. Like, it starts with God, who we, we see in 1 John 4 that God is love and that the Trinity exists because it has to exist. For love to exist, there needs to be something to love and to be loved. Oh sure, And because of that, we are a product of that love and we need that. And when, when people lose that or they don't have that secure attachment. So you take a child who grows up in a home whose father leaves, or it's a home split and divorce and, you know, all the complexities that come with divorce, you, you, you throw out all the countless things that a child or a person goes through in a lifetime, that attachment and that security gets broken and they feel insecure, they feel anxious, they feel lost. And that's our duty as a church is is to provide a gateway or a doorway um, for people to say, like, here's where you can feel safe and secure. And so that feeling or that thought led me into mental health. Because, you know, and you know this from years of ministry, like we get such, we have such limited access to people in most cases. Right. You know, we see them on Sundays, we see them on Wednesdays. And, you know, in youth ministry, you know, you get a little bit more of it. Um, but I, I firmly believe that it, it's hard sitting in a pew on Sundays and really giving yourself fully to God and the people that you're around when you're, you're constantly fighting all of the other issues going on in this world. And I don't, I don't know about your listeners or the people. Man, this world is wild right now. Absolutely. Um, and and it's, it's not one of those like, oh, it's, in my days, it was like, like, hmm. like, statistically, kids especially, the current generations are the most stressed and the most anxious of any generation that's ever existed and now take statistics for what they're worth but that's what studies show right and and so i i don't know i just felt I, I felt compelled i felt it was what god gifted me the ability to do i felt just felt like i wanted to do that and, and i don't know i've kind of gone off on a tangent and i don't even know if that answers <laughs> your question but no sir um, it's perfect but yeah. i don't know man that's just what Here, here's the simple, simple truth to it. If you spend any time with anybody, you will naturally see whatever it is that they're dealing with.
4: Correct. Correct.
3: And the more time you spend with a person, the more the truth of who they are and what's going on in their life comes out. And I wanted to be able to help people when it got to that. Does it, that
2: make sense? It does. It does. And I think the message of the church universally is supposed to be through Scripture, bring that here. It's supposed yeah. to be, you can you can do that here. You can. I mean, we talk about confession. Um, we, we talk about the burden that we bear, just to, just to use religious terms, you know, that are derived from Scripture. And I think— you see some churches that, that are very authentic, they're very open, they, they're doing that right. Other churches, well, as you mentioned earlier, you knew the start time, the finish time, the lunch time, and there are other churches that are, that are trying to, and this is no condemnation on any leadership, it's really not, it's me saying it's how we are as human beings, let's get in, let's do it, and let's get out to the point where you have things like an altar call or an invitation or a moment of response— and you could really jack up somebody's day if they were thinking they were going to be at a buffet in 15 minutes. You could really mess up a leader's mentality if he thought he was going to go catch the NFL game at a certain time, you know, by saying, I have a emotional response to the message that's being taught. Now I would like to deal with that. We're so conditioned to go through the routines. We're so conditioned to go through, uh, actual religious acts where sometimes I don't know if we create the right format for response. And based on what you said earlier, that the more you spend time with people, you'll get to know them. You'll get to know what's really going on in their lives. That's the push and the call to get outside of just the corporate worship to get outside of just the Sunday morning, you know, to, to get outside of that and to, to actually do life with people so that you can really talk about the journey that is mental health and anxiety and depression and how if, if Jesus can do anything from the East to the West, you've got to provide an opportunity to say, this is where I currently am. And I think at a church... Having somebody like you that does have your Bible degree, that did go to a Christian school to to talk about professional ministry, then switched over and Holy Spirit led you to, hey, let's look at mental health and what it is. I think that's so important because what are we going to do as a church when we say all are welcome, when we say bring your baggage, when we say there's this it's it's an asset and it's wise and it's good stewardship to have people they don't have to just have to be the preacher but to have people that are part of that church body willing to exercise and put into practice the mental health pieces that they have so that we can actually serve people right cuz no no be real how many times you have to say the specific place but how many times have you heard of just straight up bad pastoral counseling. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) We're.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, and, and I felt that way. Yeah. Um, You know, in youth ministry, you know, you get all sorts of stuff, but like youth ministry is not, it wasn't just like, all right, we're going to have this cool class. We're going to go to this retreat. We're going to do all these things. Like I remember one night I get a phone call, you know, we're in a small town. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows everybody. But one of the kids in my youth group, um, and it was late at night. I got a call from like one of the police officers or somebody, like one of the city officials, and they're like, Hey, we want you to know that one of your kids, uh, his brother just attempted suicide, right? Um, and this, and it, it wasn't just a, a simple attempt, like it was, and the kid was there, like, and, and I like immediately hop in my car and I go over there. He's covered in blood, and you're like, What do I do here? Right. Like, how how do we have this? How do we talk about this moving forward? And I I had no counseling training at the time; had none of that. And I'm just like, oh my goodness, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And and I'm not saying that that, like, having counseling in that moment is going to matter because in that moment it doesn't. Sure. Because there's no words in those moments. But but what what you talk about after those moments? Is is where training and things like that are so beneficial, because mm-hmm. um, I mean you know this like how many kids come to you and are like hey you know my parents just got divorced or my mom just died or you know I- I'm pregnant or you know you the countless conversations that come up in, in ministry and,
2: and what am I like, going to do with
3: that yeah yeah. And and I don't, and again, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't think that all preachers need to be trained to be counselors. Like that's what referrals are for. Like the, one of the preachers that I work with is great. He's like, look, I know my limits. Sure. And I think that's great for ministers and pastors and whoever to know their limits.
2: Let's no, no, let's go to a break real quick and pick up right there about limits. When we get back, this is good stuff. We'll be back on circle unbroken.
0: And you are listening to Front Porch Radio WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee
4: Did you know that 70% of Americans age 65 or older will need some form of long-term care in their lives? And even more frightening, 7 out of 10 people who go into long-term care will become completely impoverished within one year. It doesn't need to be that way. You do not need to go broke in the nursing home. Call Prochowski Estate Law to learn how you can protect your life savings and hard-earned property from the high cost of long-term care. Call me at 931-363-7222.
2: We're back for our final session today of Circle Unbroken. I'm your host, Taft Ayers. And my man, Coach Mike, has a special announcement for you.
0: Yes, thanks, Taft. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall for you to dance and enjoy on an unforgettable night. Mark your calendar for Saturday, November 4th. Uh, They will be performing some of their great hits like Valari. Uh, Their versions of "You Got a Friend in Me," "Hotel California," and Bombaleo, and more. You need to check these out on YouTube if you haven't heard them recently. Uh, <coughs> excuse me, but it's a great live show that is very high energy and and you, you really enjoy yourself uh, if you get the opportunity to to go on this go to this concert. Tickets and details are available at Tonino bayardo.com allowed in live production and again as we've been saying uh for a while here we have about 30 tickets we're going to be giving away closer to the uh concert itself so pay attention here to wkom and we will be giving you more details on that so right now mark your calendar saturday november 4th the gypsy kings coming to t andrew jackson hall in nashville tennessee And we
2: are back on Circle Unbroken with our special guest today, patched in all the way from Arkansas, our man, Joseph Noto. Welcome back, sir. Yep, good to be here. Glad you're here. We're going to wrap up in this last session, and I cut you off real quick earlier because we got up against the break. But what we were talking about, I'm going to let you finish that thought, man, was the idea sometimes of the limits of the minister? And then where that can bleed into somebody with, you know, trained uh, ideas and trained ways to help somebody uh, regarding mental health. And and, and keep going with that, Joseph. I'm sorry I cut you off, man.
3: No, that's fine. Um, No, it's I don't want this to come across as negative because I don't don't like going that way. Because I think for the for the church and for ministers like we're blessed and just have such a crucial role. Um, and I, and this comes from a place of just talking and being around so many people who didn't feel seen right um, at church like because again like a lot so many of us come to church or come to the table with just a lot of stuff in our world in our backpack and we're just and then we walk in like hey I, I've got these things I'm dealing with and a lot of times, they, they don't feel welcomed or they, they kind of, not that they don't feel welcome, but they, people are uncomfortable with that and they don't know where to go with that kind of stuff. And, and wow. having people that can be like, Hey, I get it. Let's, let's sit with that. Cause I think the biggest part of counseling is just learning, learning how to sit with people who are very, who are very uncomfortable and have a lot of things that are going on with them.
2: Oh Yeah. And and being able to do that and to say it's one thing to tell somebody come as you are, it's another thing to tell somebody come as you are and stay. Like you're you're welcome to be here with that, and it it makes me thankful, Noto, that that you are a. I hate to say it like this, but I mean, let's be real that you are still preaching. I think there's a lot of guys that will go and they'll go into an alternative career path and they won't use their voice for good anymore. Uh, because of burnout or career opportunities. So I'm glad uh, that you're still tackling uh, a lot of the teaching there at the church. And one of the things that, that we've talked about is that when I get the opportunity to go to a different church and speak, I like to be very intentional about it. Uh, let's be clear. It's not just like when I go somewhere, it's not just a guest speaker, like, like a one time thing. For me, it is, Hey, let's go in and jump in to work that they're already doing. Let's get them, you know, extra fired up or reminded of their mission. But then at the end, the reason I'm glad to get to do this with you is that there will be things. If God gives us a Monday, it's an opportunity to put our Sunday into action. And so I think with your church, there's going to be some opportunities for you all to engage in outreach, in things that either you're already doing or new, fresh ideas that you can do even more, where you'll say, there's an opportunity for us to reach our community. And so I want to give the date uh, of this for the people that may be listening to this and sharing it. Because in the world of the podcast, radio, et cetera, et cetera, streaming, it is wild the way that the world gets smaller and smaller. So even though I am broadcasting this from our platform here called Front Porch Radio in Middle Tennessee, You, being in Arkansas, there at your church, you never know. You never know the connections of people and all these things. And so this special day is going to be August the 27th. I got that date right? Yep. Okay, August the 27th. And the theme is going to be the table. And we're going to talk about that from Luke 14. And the idea is that people, we say all the time, you're invited and mean you're invited to be here, and our our team here has some creative graphics for you guys where it says you're you're invited parentheses I think and it's the idea that that we say all the time about we want we want people to come, and it's going to be an opportunity for your church uh sure to to hear my voice as a guest speaker, but for your church to say hey we're we are open uh to people we want people to know that we have a great church and a great church is not just about a calendar. A great church is not just about facilities, but a great church is a place that's saying, "Hey, the gospel is operative." Man, it's it's operative in in your life, and I, I want to give you a platform here um, as one of the local guys there uh, to talk about that a little bit for the audience.
3: Yeah, it's so I'm excited about it. Number one, I get to hang out with you. Amen, uh, brother. But two, you know, you, you made the comment like I'm still doing this mm-hmm. um, because, again, like a lot of guys that we've known over the years have, you know, their life has transitioned. They've, they've gone to do different things. You know, they uh, in most cases still love their God. But that's what happens is, you know, with life and circumstances and all sorts of different stuff, it affects us. And I want this to be a thing that affects us as a church. Mm. Like I I don't want some guy coming in because like we could get anybody to come in and just talk about, pick a spot in the Bible and talk about it. But I don't want that. Like I want this church and our community to be a place where people want to be a part of. Not because it's the right thing to do, it's the godly thing to do, but it's it's a place of healing and hope safety and security because we need that like we crave that Mm. um and i knew that like when i figured that out as a kid who was just trying to find his way in the world it it radically changed my life like i have an amazing wife i have two incredible kids i've got an opportunity to work with people and do things and it's it's i could not have made that up Right. And I've just heard too many stories of too many people whose lives radically improved because they got invited to the table. Um, And I, I spend too much time in the town that I live. I've lived there for 12 years and I want that for everybody. Like I want everybody to have a chance to find safety and security and to find a home and, bono is is the church, and it is an incredible place like the whole reason I'm there is because of the people right um, the the people there have like their family they're you know i I can go through my phone and just count on countless people to just call and spend time with and to engage with um uh, and that's what family's supposed to be that's what the church is supposed to be you know it's not just a Sunday Wednesday check in. Like, these are the people that you live with, you, you hurt with, you cry with, you, um, you know, you go things with. I mean, I've got grown men at this church that I've hugged and cried with at the same time. Mm. Um, and that's, that's what's needed. And so that's what this is, my goal is for this and is for the church to be the church and to be a place where people can gather, share in their burdens, but not just their burdens, but their joys. You know, their their excitements, all the things that, you know, that God has allowed us to experience on this earth. um, I want people to be a part of that. And And I'm hoping that this is the thing that that lets us do that.
2: I, I think I think it's a great launching pad. I think it's it's cool to be intentional. And I want to applaud you that your church is being intentional about this, because if we really think about it, we talk all the time about inviting people. We talk all the time about people that are invited in to different things from an intentional standpoint. But if we're being real, there are people that go through the motions. We go through the motions when we show up for church and things will throw off my rhythm a lot of times. The way, the way I'll go through, to use the table analogy here, I go through meals all the time and I just get through them. Like when my whole family, there's six of us, we're, at, we're at a table and we're eating. There are times when I'm checking it off. Like let's eat and not kill each other. Uh, let's talk about our day, but not drop a huge bomb. Like let's do all of these things. Then we'll invite in somebody from one of my son's youth sports teams. And I'll probably talk about this when I'm there. Noto, but he'll, he'll somebody will come in that you can tell they clearly don't sit down for meals. You can tell that their family maybe not. Maybe they don't have the means to put some of the food on the table the way that we are on this certain night. And I will watch that young man's appreciation for the meal. He'll have an appreciation for us bringing him in. And when he leaves and we take him home, I will say to my kids, hey, your mama, she puts this food on the table. Hey, I went and I grilled and did this, but this was not missed on us. We budgeted for this. We were intentional. For this, we we make a list at the beginning of the week to go and buy the food, to be intentional so that we can create spots at our table for you all, but also for other people. And I think it's going to be something for your church that will make them also have a strong reminder of what they have, um, of what they possess there, that it's something worth talking about. It's something worth getting excited about because, man, we get excited for sports We get excited for politics. We get excited about different career paths. We get excited about so many different things that we're actually, a lot of times, either A, not a real player in, or B, we're a temporary player in. When it comes to church, man, you get an opportunity to be active in the transformation of the gospel every day by inviting other people to the table, by saying I'm a work in progress. And so this is a really, really big thing, and I'm, I'm glad that we can be a part of it. I, I want to review here as we close out the show today. This will be at the Bono Church of Christ. And this will be August the 27th. Uh, there'll be more information passed out about that. And I want our listeners here to be reminded, uh, that we will come to your church, that we will come to the place where you worship and do so many different things from a creative standpoint to work with you where you are. As, as we wrap up today, Joseph, I want to thank you for being here. I know that you are you have a busy schedule when it comes to helping people actually coming to us today from your office there in the school. And so I just want to thank you for coming on Circle Unbroken today, buddy.
3: Appreciate it, man. Love you.
2: I love you too, man. Have a good day. Kiss that wife. Hug those babies. And I'll see you real soon, buddy.
3: All right, man. See you. All
2: right. Take care. Guys, we're happy you're here on Circle Unbroken. Join us for our next episode. You know where to find us. Make it a great day.